for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Maddie's believes nature is beautiful, majestic, serene. But human nature is inventive, intrepid, reckless. Nature says, look how many colors I can fit in a sunset. Human nature says, look how many hot wings I can fit in my mouth. But human nature needs nature. That's why there's Maddie's all-natural acid and indigestion relief. A drug-free remedy for human nature. Available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and Amazon. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, guys, welcome back to part two's episode of Anthony Sewell, The Cleveland Strangler. Today, we're heading into Tone's house to check out the skeletons in his closet. He started selling drugs to support himself and heavy drinking. Now, we're talking about right when he gets out of the Marines. And on July 22nd, 1989, he was actually put in prison for 15 years. Wow. Now, this is before all the murders. He actually rapes a pregnant woman. This woman was Mm. lured to his home after her car broke down on Euclid Avenue. He said he would give her a ride to his home so she can use the phone to call her husband. He took her to her house to use the telephone. She noticed the house was extremely tidy and clean. So way before all the shit that we just saw. So he basically did the same thing as what we talked about earlier with the first rape we talked about. Same type of thing. But after the rape, he kept apologizing, tell her, telling her he was sorry over and over again. He was really remorseful about it. This is a sign of a sexual sadist. So Ted Bundy was like this too. He, You would do something that horrible, but then you'd feel awful about it. It's because you don't have any control over it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's being a sexual sadist. You, Yeah, you, you know right from wrong, but I mean, it's that urge is so strong, you just can't control it. That's why he does it, and that's why he was apologizing for it. Now, this is from the woman that was raped that was pregnant. He closed the bedroom window and told me to sit down. Then he came from behind me with a long knife. He pulled a big suitcase into the middle of the room and said, I don't think I need to tell you what's going to happen now. I was three months pregnant. He threw me on the bed, choked me, and raped me again and again. Oh, no. He was arrested, but he failed to show up for trial. He became a fugitive, and while he was a fugitive, he raped another woman on June 24th, 1990. He told her that, quote, she was his bitch... And she had better learn to like it, end quote. Well. The woman who was pregnant also was begging him to stop, and he ordered her to say, quote, yes, sir, I like it, end quote. Mm. From 1990 to 2005, he was incarcerated, but not for rape. They actually settled for attempted rape. This is This goes into how the court system completely dropped the ball. How the justice system completely failed all the victims in this story. Stuff like this. Before he's even killing anyone, he's not charged with rape. He's charged with attempted rape. He he raped huh. her. 
repeatedly for hours. Okay. But that's interesting. Exactly. But he took a, a plea deal or whatever. And even in prison, even though he was a squared away inmate, one of the best, he never admitted to actually doing the rape. Another thing that was really fucked up about this is because he went to prison for 15 years for rape. He's a sex offender. Yeah. But this was before the new sex offender rules were applied. So once he's living on Imperial Avenue, the new rules, because that's when the tiers, tier three, Mm -hmm. tier, like it was all redone and created. Mm -hmm. Since he was already on Imperial Avenue, he kind of fell through the cracks and he didn't have to go door to door telling everyone he's a sex offender because he was already living there type of thing. But he was actually released as, quote, not likely to reoffend. In quote. So I mean, a lot of this case is the justice system failed a lot of people in this fucking case. You know, from 1990 to 2005, he was incarcerated. He was a model prisoner. The best huh. of the best. He Same was thing as the military. Structure. structure. He loved structure. Loved it. He, he, he was the type of guy that they would give keys to the to the back room to get supplies. He was in charge of all the cooking schedule and he was in charge of feeding 1,300 inmates and he would do his job diligently. He was a model inmate. Mm-hmm. He lo- he thrived in that in that atmosphere. So what happens when he's he, not locked up or in the military? He should have stayed in the Marine Corps. That's what he should have did. Should have done. Because uh, that's what he needs. He needs this... Uh, he needs structure. He can't live without it. Look at him. And when he doesn't have structure, his whole world goes to shit. Mm. Anyway, he gets out on June 20th, 2005. He moves into 12205 Imperial Avenue. He was 45 years old. He got a job working at the baseball stadium, cooking for Cleveland Indians and the Cleveland Browns. Okay. But he meets a woman. And this is what happens. He meets a woman. And women, all they always fuck you up. I don't think that that is entirely the woman's fault. Apparently, <laughs> the, this man had some issues. I'm saying, guys out there, you stay away from women. Good luck with that advice. Ain't nothing good about a woman. Well, I mean. <laughs> they always fucking bring trouble. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, gay men won't have that problem. Also true. This is Lori Frazier. This is the niece of the mayor of Cleveland. Go to talkmore.com to see her photo. She is also, or was, a crack addict. And Tone, when he got out and was working at the baseball stadium, he was doing good. He was living at Imperial Avenue in the dilapidated streets. But his house was tidy and clean. Completely clean. Before. Before he met her. Uh She has a crack problem a very bad crack problem Mm -hmm. so now he's working at stadium overtime doing all this stuff even started selling drugs weed and stuff like that to pay for her crack habit which that's an insatiable habit to have it only takes a little bit of time before she introduces him to crack and then that is it once he's on crack life is over it was 2006 he started crack. Remember I said the county, the the convenience store owner, mm-hmm. he was like a Pakistani guy. He said Tone would come in there, nicest guy, dressed nice. 
He even remembers when he came in there with his girlfriend, Lori Frazier, you're looking at right there, introduced her. This is my girlfriend. You know, we're so happy. He was just a stand-up guy, even though he had all his problems. But he was, uh, you know, trying to get his shit together. Yeah. And then 2006, one smoke of the crack pipe, that's it. So how did they meet? At the, at they the- met at the corner store. Hmm. She was obviously trying to score some crack. Now, it's fun. You know, uh, this story, they compare this story, and I haven't done this story before, but there was a serial murderer out there in Cleveland called the Cleveland Torso Murderer. He oh. is a Jack the Ripper type, has never been caught. And it's funny because the the time period of that was in the 30s, the 20s and 30s, huh. which what was going on during that time? Prohibition. The Great Depression. Depression. Oh, well, I mean, so, also Prohibition, but, you know. This guy lured these women in with what? What did they need? They needed food. Because no one had food in the Great Depression in the same area. Oh, wow. So he was luring in these guys with food. Now you're in the crack epidemic or what was left of it. What is Tone luring these women in with? Crack. He's got the crack. If you go to Tone's house, he's got crack. He's always got crack. And if you want to smoke some crack, yeah, you probably have to have sex with him, but you got crack. And if you're a crackhead, then you know what I'm saying? It's You're not going to be able to... Stop yourself. Does that make sense? No, the addiction's too strong. Yeah. And the reason I said he's kind of related to Ted Bundy, number one, he's sexual sadist. And number two, you remember Ted Bundy had this girlfriend. I forgot her name. Uh, Oh, Elizabeth? The girlfriend that fucked him all up. She broke his heart. And then then he started killing and raping people. Mm -hmm. All right. This was Lori Frazier to him, to to Mm. Tone. That was her, his girlfriend that broke his heart. And even on death row... You'll see in a minute, he was talking about how his heart was broken and this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Frazier that dumped him. She wanted to get her life together. She's the mayor's niece and she can't do crack anymore. So she had to stop seeing him, stuff like that. So she's the one that got him on crack and then they did crack together. And then she's like, I don't want to do crack. And instead of saying, "Okay, let's not do crack together, she left him and he continued to do crack and sell crack and kill people. Yeah. That's huh. basically what it is. Sounds like a tale of star-crossed lovers to me. Um, modern day Romeo and Juliet. All right. This is Ray's Sausage Factory, What you're looking at now. For years, neighbors and residents, for about two years, because he's been killing people for about two years, since 2000, end of 2006, 2007, he started killing these women. So yeah. the crack, when he began smoking crack, is when the murderer came out in him. Yeah. So, so you know, in the Marines, he was choking all these Japanese prostitutes or right. whatever. Now, now it's playing out differently here. For years, for about two years, neighbors and residents have been complaining of the putrid, blood, rotting animal, rotting stench that was emanating from the sausage factory. Or what they thought was a sausage factory, which is really tones well, that's off. That's convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Easy, it's very easy convenient. to pin it on. Yeah, so if a girl ever came over, which a lot of them didn't say anything because they just wanted to get crack, you know, they're not going to be like, what's that horrible stench? I can't be here. They're just, they're there for one reason, to right. get high. But most of them noticed the fucking putrid, decomposing skin in the house. It was awful. In the summer, people would keep their windows closed. Now, they don't have air conditioners 
Oh. It's a poor neighborhood. They would keep their windows closed and sweat weather than put up with the smell of what was coming out of there. The town came out numerous times. They finally, the town, the U.S. Department of Agriculture came out there way more times than the police came out there. To the, <laughs> to the sausage factory. To, to, to uh, investigate rapes. The U.S. Department of Agriculture came out there and finally said, you know what? Even though we can't pinpoint the smell, we're going to cite you. Ray Sausage Factory, a company that has been in business for 57 years and has never had a problem with this. They don't even slaughter their meat there. They get it shipped in frozen. We're going to cite you for, quote, adequately or inadequately controlling odors and vapors, end quote. They... I the, hope the, Ray's sued his, his ass or someone's Ray's, ass. Ray and his wife, who took over the business from his papa, ended up replacing the entire plumbing system wow. and all the pipes in their establishment, costing over $20,000. I hope they got their money back. And guess what? The smell was still there because guess what? It wasn't coming from Ray's. It was coming from 11 dead fucking rotting people in Tone's house. Now, I wonder, (laughs) like, they, I mean, obviously, if everyone can smell it, they can smell it. So they must have been just as confused about the smell. Yeah. Because it's like, this has never happened before. Where is this coming from? It's like, hmm. You know, it's a mysterious ticking noise. It's uh, the, the, uh. The uh, some some of some of it's kind of funny. The convenience store across the street, which we saw on Google Earth, was actually getting business from the smell. Do you know why? People were coming in there and buying all the air fresheners. Oh shit! <laughs> they they sold so much oh air God. fresheners that they were on constant back order. They like had, the toilet paper crisis of twenty twenty. Wow. They had to start selling oranges, like orange oranges in bulk, so people can take the pills off and stick them in their nose. That, That's how they bad. They say this that oranges was. are good for your food food disposal. That's how bad disposal. this smell was. It was awful. They couldn't even keep air fresheners in stock. Wow. <laughs> like what the fuck wow i found the source of the mysterious sticking noise it's a this, this is Yay. one of the photos inside tone's home this doesn't look like the model marine the honor graduates home no john douglas the mind hunter fbi guy says quote i can guarantee you every place he's lived you're going to find cases of women just like these being raped and killed just like this there's no way he only started killing a few years ago end quote which I don't really agree with. I think the, I think the crack did this. I think the crack mm. made him kill people. And that's how he escalated. Interesting. Because as you'll see, this guy wasn't exactly hiding or digging and digging holes for his bodies. They were rotting in the next room. Yeah, but at the same, <laughs> like, he has a violent past. I mean, he went to jail for rape. He was choking out prostitutes. Like it would, escalated. It's I don't know. Yeah, yeah maybe. This is Vanessa Gay. She is one of the survivors who testified in court. She was raped vaginally and orally. Mm. It took hours, hours before he stopped raping her. Finally, she's starting to play it cool. Just like all the survivors, they play it cool. They don't give in to, because the scream, if you scream and you fear and you jump around and you're like, oh my God, then that's, it excites him. So she's playing it cool. Hey, you know, it's all good. Can I go use the bathroom? So she walks to the bathroom in the other room. She sees a plastic tarp hanging down from the ceiling. A blue tarp? No, a black tarp. Green and tarp? she lifts up the corner of it 
And she begins crying her head down. After a pause to gather herself, she resumes, telling the court that a corner of the plastic tarp was pulled up. Behind the plastic, I saw something on the floor. I didn't realize it was a body. It didn't have a head on it. It's a body sitting on a chair without a head. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now, 11 bodies were found. What did he do with the head? I don't understand. What's he doing with the body parts? Well, a lot of the body parts, they think he just threw in Ray's dumpster. Oh, God. Did he, he, like, dismember them, or did they just rot so much that they dismembered themselves? I think this was the first victim from what what I believe, and I believe he tried to dismember it by... Because I don't think he did anything sexual after death. They, they mm. think he probably had sex with the corpse, but okay. it wasn't It wasn't like some of the people that we've talked about that would, you know, Dennis Nielsen or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I believe he cut the head off because he was trying to dismember it. And if you kill someone and you know you got to cut it up, cut the body up, I mean, where are you going to start? Probably the head, right? I mean, yeah. so I think he started from that position and... But then he's, I mean, he's smoking crack. It's so almost He's like, ah, he- oh, fuck it, I'm tired. I'm just going to go lay down. And just leaves the body there for it's, fucking wi- years. It's almost <laughs> as if he was, oh, I mean, my, that's an interesting perspective. My perspective was he was high when he, when he killed her and then was like, oh, shit, I killed her. And he was like, well, I got to get rid of this body somehow. And then started to dismember and then was like, mm, no. <laughs> 11 was coming down. 11 bodies were found in the home in total. Now, the SWAT team, they busted in the door after they were called to, because usually if the police say, all right, she has been raped, the rape test checks out and everything else. And one of the things um, about the, uh, the rape kit from, like, how would you know if someone was choked? If they come into a hospital and say they've been raped and choked, strangled. Well, you would look for, um, you know, strang- strangulation marks. Yeah. Well, there's, well, since the body's still alive, they're, they're probably not going to be as prominent. But the nurses, from what I learned in this book, if they have a really raspy voice, oh. then that means they were choked and they can automatically tell when they were uh, strangled. I mean, otherwise you would look for maybe, you know, vaginal trauma. Also, what I learned in this book is most killers who strangle, if you strangle someone, a victim, even if you're not a killer, like a rapist, not even a rapist, just whoever is strangling whoever woman will most likely lead to sexual assault after that because the choking is such an intimate act that it almost always leads leads to uh, the woman getting raped. Almost mm-hmm. always. I didn't know that. I, I kind of knew that, but it's like a 99% chance that it's going to lead to rape. Kind of interesting. Mm. The SWAT team busts in the house trying to get evidence for the rape. They had no idea there were bodies in the house. They bust down the door of the second floor. They say, police, don't move. And they realized, because they, they said that, because there was two people laying on the floor. They had no idea these were corpses just laying on the floor. He just, for two years, he just puts a dead body just in whatever room. He's got three floors and a lot of rooms in the house. You know, the spare bedroom had two dead bodies just laying there, not even covered up or anything, just laying and rotting. And then he would shut the door. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nothing to so see So they bust in thinking they they were just someone sleeping or whatever. Oh my god! And then they realized they were dead bodies, and immediately what they think, which I didn't know, again is I guess this happens a lot in these inner cities. If your your gram gram dies or your paw paw dies, you just leave them in the house <gasps> and let them decompose. What? So you you can keep collecting their social security check. Oh, that's damn. what they thought was going on, which Holy apparently happens shit. a lot. So they thought that was just going on. Okay, little did they know. I mean, I've heard of not reporting a death because of Social Security money, but I haven't heard of just leaving the body there. Same. But there were 11 bodies found. Another thing the squat, squat, squat team. (laughs) Another thing the SWAT team noticed is when they, they had these big SWAT boots on, they were kicking indoors, they would notice these crunching sounds all through the house, just crunching, just crunch in their boots. What do you think that was? Bones? No, they didn't figure out until after they got out of the house and they took their boots off and like, what the fuck was that crunching sound? And the crevices of the boots filled up with maggots. There were maggots crawling through the entire house. The SWAT team found the first two bodies rotting in the spare bedroom. The wrist and feet were bound. Now, this is with all the victims. Their wrist and feet were bound Mm. together with whatever. A lot of them were phone chargers. In oh, fact, no. the, the convenience store across the street not only was toned by an industrial-sized garbage bags, which he wasn't even using in bulk, he was also buying phone chargers, hmm. which those things are fucking expensive. So they he was are. wrapping up women's hands with phone chargers, their wrists and ankles with phone chargers. He would have been better hmm. off buying like phone cords from Radio yeah. Shack. Yeah. Out of the 11... That were found in the home. None of them were instantly recognizable as far as gender or race. Mm. (laughs) That's how badly decomposed they were. That's bad. They were so decomposed, you can't even tell if they're black or white or woman or female or woman or man. They were all black women, but none of them were instantly they could instantly identify. In fact, this case, th- this is going to show you the the uh, the stagnation people have for the police, the uh, kind of the insecurity they have with the police force. It took nearly six months to identify all the victims because, no, but the only way to identify them because you you can't even they don't have faces is you got to submit some familial I think familial DNA. Which means a relative has to come in. But they couldn't identify but any of them. no one here trusts the fucking police. So you're going to have a dragnet and say, all right, if you help us identify all these victims, everyone come in and submit your DNA. Everyone's like, fuck you. What are you going to do with my DNA? Link me to other shit? Yeah. Like, like hey, no one would fucking want to come in. It yeah. took forever to identify these women. Because of that. And that's to show you the the kind of um, dissonance that the police had with the community. Mm. Yeah. And still do. I mean, it's, it's worse now. It gets worse every year. It's not getting better. There's no... Nope. Amazon's not posting up there and making jobs. You know? Yeah. So I'm just saying. This is interesting. How would you identify the time of death when you can't even identify the... The the race or gender of someone. The state of decomposition. 
Yeah, but how do you how do you get to identify that within like days? No, you can't. I don't think you can. You can. There's one method they use, and that's called the blowfly. Blowflies can colonize a body quickly after death, depositing hundreds of eggs in nostrils, eyes, ears, mouths, and other orifices. Within a day, the eggs hatch into larvae or maggots that feast on rotting flesh. Bowfly maggots can be useful evidence. They grow at predictable rates. Generally speaking, the larger the maggot, the older it is. Wasn't there an episode so- of Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> that the guy was talking about his blowfly... blowfly um, this is really interesting. The more know. the maggots eat is like the more they're decomposed. So the bigger they get is the longer they've been aging. And since they grow at predictable rates... They can actually, it's like carbon dating is it's reliable. They can actually tell how long a body's been decomposing by how fat these fucking flies get. Fucking <sighs> incredible. There's a guy from the, uh, that was, they were talking about it on his book. His entire job is to go and use these blowflies to see how fat they get until the time of death. That's his entire job. Think about that. Is that how would you it's even niche. know that's a job? <laughs> like, it's, it's, uh, I mean, you dem- you demand your pay rate at that point. Mm. Yeah, this is uh the back of his home there. I'm just showing you some pictures. I will put these interesting. on. interesting. There's a dumpster com. there from Ray's yeah. sausage, and he didn't make use of that. Mm. Yeah. So there's more I wanted to go over, but uh, honestly, that's the Cleveland Strangler. Well, what happened to him? Eighty, I believe, it was eighty-eight counts. Of stuff from uh, rape to murder, first degree murder, all this stuff, and he was put on death row mm. for lethal injection. However, he had contracted an unspecified illness on January twenty first, two thousand twenty one, COVID nineteen. He was transferred to an end of life care facility in Columbus and stayed there for sixteen days. And at three twenty seven p.m. on February eighth, he died. Wow, that's interesting that they named but, it. They named it as unspecified. Prison authorities denied that his death was related to COVID nineteen. Huh. You know that shit was fucking related. Well, I think it. <laughs> I mean, you you would you would think they would call it. Yeah, because he get, was. Uh, you know, I mean, how old was he? Sixty. All right, so that is a Cleveland Strangler, Anthony Sowell, Soul. He reminds me of um. That uh, there's a guy, his name's Thomas Sowell. He's an economist. He's got a bunch of good books. Mm-hmm. I don't expect y'all to have read oh, them. No. Apparently not. Anyway, any questions about this? I, I skipped a lot. I skipped a lot of slides in this because it was getting too long. But basically, to break it down, he was abused as a child. Oh, in fact, I forgot to mention one thing. He actually... um. We we do think he was sexually abused as a child oh, because wow. when he was uh, three or four, do you know what a, a chatty Kathy doll is? Yes. It's a doll that talks to you. And it's also chatty Kathy is a name, a nickname for someone who talks to everyone. Okay. So it was a doll back in the day. I don't think they make them anymore. Mm-mm. But when he was three or four, he has a vivid memory of him smearing feces on the doll, which psychiatrist claimed that that was related to sexual assault. So hmm. it, it, he may have been sexually assaulted. I can tell you for certainty, every one of the kids in that house either 
ended up in a mental institution and or suffered for from alcohol or heavy drug use. Every single one of them. And of course, Anthony being the serial killer, one of the worst in history is in Cleveland history. Yeah, he was a, a sexual sadist. He would lure women in. And, and the women we talked about tonight, they're 11. They're called the 11 angels. I'll put all their photos on talkmer.com. But the 11 that we know of that were killed, probably a lot more, but he never admitted to them. And they were lured in with crack. Most of them, almost 100% were lured in with crack. And then the ones that we talked about that got away, the one that fell out of the window, that's kind of how it went if you go into his house. So so do we know when he would have been executed? It would probably would have not have been for another couple of years. Oh, fuck. Who knows? I mean, this... this Death row is so backed it takes, up. It takes a long time. Dude, I I, I really... I mean, because I, I do agree with the death penalty, as personally even me, but honestly, the reason I don't is because it, I mean, like that toolbox killer, he was on death row for 47 years, 47 years, and he dies on death row. I mean, how much is that in tax dollar money we're paying for that motherfucker? All his appeals, all this shit, he's got public uh, public defender, so we're paying for all his appeals, all this shit. We're paying millions of dollars so this dude can sit on fucking death row. Yeah. You know, Otherwise, I I agree with it, you know, mm. and, and and it's interesting that you brought that up. The families, there were eight out of the 11 family members of the victims that came forth and said, I don't want to do the death penalty. I, I don't want to put him on the death penalty. Let's just not even do a trial. Let's mm. just not even do a trial. Let's just give him a plea and he'll just stay in prison for life and just call it even. Why do you think they did that? There's a certain reason they did that. To avoid having legal to, fees? They signed a petition. No, they wouldn't pay any legal fees. No, to like put them, not have to put themselves through so many trials. Yeah, well, yes and no. It would all have been one trial. But yes and no because this. They didn't want, and it's a very specific reason, the reason 8 out of 11 signed the petition is because they didn't want to go to court and not only sit through all the stuff that happened to their daughter or whatever, right. but for the... The prosecutor, which had happened for the survivors, say, oh, when did you start doing crack? Oh, mm-hmm. you have seven kids. And, oh, it seems here you you left them for three weeks and you didn't come back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They didn't want that shit to happen yeah, because that's them. what they'll remember about their daughter leaving their kids out while they're on the crack bench. They didn't want that to happen. And I respect that. Yeah, I do too. And mm-hmm, I'll put sure. yeah, I'll put all the victim names and stuff on talkmore.com. It, it's a sad story. 100% of them were at some point doing crack cocaine, but honestly, in the neighborhood they lived in, fuck, man, you don't have a job. You you know, you got you don't have a support. Like motherfucker, like yeah, it's just so it's every fucking where. It'd be hard not to. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, no, another thing I wanted to say, but we didn't have time to go over this victim specifically. Her name was uh, uh Latundra Billups, and she is an outspoken today as one of the victims. She was brutally raped for hours on hours. She actually was dragged across the floor, had jagged splinters in her fingers and legs. The weird thing about this, 
is that she was one of the many victims who, after the hours of rape, Tone would fall asleep. Being on Tone, oh, his heart's puts his heart on his shoulder. She'd wake up, or not wake up, come come to from being unconscious, and old Tone would have his arm around her like she was his girlfriend. Kind of mm-hmm. crazy shit. Yeah. And that kind of shows you the M.O. You know, he is just the same reason Lori, Lori Frazier, when she breaks up with him, now he's going to kill everybody type of thing. Ah, point one three. <laughs> I'm in the pocket. Where does the pocket end? I'm in the pocket. <laughs> I am I in the pocket. Know. I'm in the pocket, boys. <laughs> Just so we can say that. That's the only reason he wants to be in the uh, All right. Well, that is the Cleveland Strangler. Thank you guys for staying with us. That was long. If you want to support us, please go to uh, talkmer.com slash join. Become a tacos primo or a, a nacho taco or whatever it's called. To small taco support us we have episodes on there i'm doing one to two most likely two because i love true crime episodes a week episodes a month exclusively for you guys on patreon and you can support us there we're also going to start doing live episodes where we take questions while we record and that's going to be next month i promise you i'm going to get that stuff together so support us there my name is john i hope you guys enjoy this go to talkmore.com share the post please i'm here with jen and nicole until next time good night you love little lovely people there are so many reasons not to skip breakfast so many savory mouth-watering tasty delicious beyond all belief reasons Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.